get a mentor um, who already has like a lot of experience because when I joined Polar AI, for example, um, I got very much support and uh, trust from one of the co-founders who, who, who I worked with, like the, the closest I'd say. Um, I, as, as I already told you, um, I got promoted quite fast to a very big position. Um, and that, that, that is basically the thing where I learned the most. And I definitely recommend anyone uh, to, to, to just learn a lot. And this is a my case, um, in the best way possible to just get a mentor and uh, see how he or she works. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Julius Walkenhorst, or as close as I can get to saying his name, um, <laughs> as a quick introduction to Julius. So graduated from high school and started his first company in the age of 18, co-founded the business with a friend, um, not much business experience, and the business failed after about a month. Um, and then he found that he had a huge uh, interest in uh, the tech field, um, taught himself coding, went into a tech startup in California, uh, was connected up via Reddit, I think. Um, yes, to get exactly. Yep. Looked to get experience, not pay, um, became the chief of staff and the first non-founder no non-founder employee there. Um, at the end of uh, end of the month, uh, or there will be now 14 employees or something along that nature. Um, and then has had uh, they have several or thousand or thousand active users, and then also became the founder and board member of another company that's a non-for-profit in uh, Germany, and then uh, also did some uh, things related to an NGO for the business and taking donations and making those more transparent. So with that much as an introduction, welcome <laughs> on the podcast, Julius. Yeah, th th thanks for having me. I'm pretty much excited to, to talk to you today. Absolutely. Excited to, to hear a bit about your journey. So I took a much more or a, a longer journey and condensed it into 30 seconds, but now let's unpack that a bit. So tell us a little bit about graduating in high school and uh, starting your first business at 18. Yeah, sure. Um, I always knew th that I wanted to start my own thing. Uh, we basically came to the idea quite fast. Uh, we funded the we, we funded the company like I would say within one week or so, and everything scaled pretty much very fast. Uh, we set up like the whole production within a couple of weeks. Uh, launched also like pretty fast. I would say like one month after we started the old project actually. Um, and then let me just out of curiosity, what was the uh, what was the uh, business or what or what was the the thing that you initially set up out of high school? Yeah, it, it was a pure fashion label. Um, I'm not quite sure why we decided to make it as a fa as a fashion label, actually, because I would say the 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 actual um, the actual motivation behind everything was just to to do something on our own um, and to have like some sort of first step into the door of the of the whole world of entrepreneurship, starting your own thing. Um, and then we pretty much recognized also quite soon that we really wanted to focus ourselves individually on other projects as well. For example, I got more and more interested into a whole, into this tech world, Silicon Valley, uh, the US, everything, where, where basically everything is way bigger than here in Germany. Um, so yeah, then I got into Polar, to Polar AI as an unpaid intern. 
um, proved myself and became the chief of staff after three months. Uh, we are now actually 16 people, I'd say. Um, we will raise our first round, fingers crossed, in, in February next year and uh, 2022. Um, so yeah. just backing up, just because we kind of jumped to now where you're at today and we want to capture a bit of that story. So just backing up a bit. So you had coming out of high school, had the friend that was a co-founder, started the fashion business, right? And exactly. got into the fashion business. And I think you said, you know, after you kind of got it set up and launched, you really or found out within about a month that it wasn't going to work or that it, it kind of failed and it didn't go the way you wanted. And is that correct up to that point in the story? It wasn't one month. I would say it was like actually six months. Okay. Um, until we realized, hey, all right, uh, on, the, on the one side, um, our traction went down a bit. Um, and on the other side, we simultaneously, we got more and more interested to other, other things. For example, our studies or when it came to me, um, my, my interest in tech um, and programming and the, the whole world in the, in the Silicon Valley. So yeah, that, that was basically the reason. Got it. So you're saying, okay, it sounds like it's kind of a combination. Because that was going to be my question as you get asked, you know, yeah. why it failed. Sounds like kind of two things. One is you started your interest in the fashion industry kind of started to dip. And at the same yeah. time, you also see the kind of penetration sales and whatnot also wasn't get, or at the level you guys wanted. So you're saying, okay, while it was kind of a fun initial entrance and it was kind of a great experience, it wasn't necessarily the business you wanted to stay into. Exactly. So as you're seeing that kind of go down and otherwise not continue to be the area you want to be into what did you do did you say hey i'm going to go start another business or maybe i'll go off to university or to college or you know i'll take a break or kind of what did you do as you say okay our first business wasn't working out because it didn't really not work out i would say we did quite well for our first company um but the thing is that the growth just wasn't there as uh, co compared to the first couple of months. And this connected to, to, to my interest into tech. Um, I decided to just focus myself on getting new hard skills. Uh, for example, like I, I, I didn't really had a lot of real work experience um, besides, besides uh, the, this first project, basically. So I decided to, to teach myself programming. Uh, I teach myself uh, Flask programming, um, Python 3 and HTML5 and then realized hey yeah th this is actually quite quite a lot of fun but because I'm not an engineering student or computer science student I pretty much recognized that I really wanted to do to be on the business side of this whole tech world and yeah no and I think that makes sense so it was a good introduction for you to be able to Get, fall or continue to fall in love with being an entrepreneur, doing a startup. You got some experience. You're saying, okay, I'm really more interested in the tech field. And so that's where I want to kind of focus on. So with that as kind of the idea and the direction of where you're now going to be headed, now as you're kind of taking it, what am I going to do next or where am I going to go? Yeah. How did you figure out what was your next steps? Um, I would say after I teach myself like those programming skills, um, I definitely knew that I need experience in the field. So I, it, it, I, I dived into like LinkedIn, for example, or AngelList and looked up a couple of uh, yeah, cool tech startups, uh, which I liked and just shoot sh them, them a message with my application and basically with the text, hey, um, I'm, I'm available for you for free, basically. Um, but 
how I got to Polar AI was basically a different story. Um, I love Reddit, for example. I think it's a, it, it, it's one of the good social networks, actually. Um, and I saw a, a post in, I'm not quite sure in which subreddit it was. I think our co-founders, because it, it, it was basically a subreddit around uh, where to find a co-founder, how to find it, etc. And I uh, saw a post that someone was looking for, I think, a design co-founder um, for, for the whole product design side, etc. And um, I looked up the product and I really, really liked it. I saw a lot of potential in it. And I just messaged uh, the, 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 um, the post owner basically, or one of the co-founders um, that I'm willing to be an unpaid growth intern. Uh, so pretty much on the, on the, on the business side of everything um, with the only condition that I want to see professional progress in my career at this company. And that mm-hmm. I really want to see growth in the company internally as well. Um, so yeah. So let me just maybe maybe summarize that or unpack that a bit. So you got into technology, you taught yourself coding, and then you're saying, okay, I want, I value experience more than necessarily a paycheck. Not that you don't need yeah. money to live off of, but you're saying, hey, I can, I can figure that out. And what I really want is that experience to be able to keep or get going. So now as you're going out and trying to get that experience, if I understand it right, you went on to Reddit, find other people that you thought were in that yeah. realm of technology that you, you know, in that startup realm that you could go get experience. And did you just reach out to them and say, hey, I'd love to work with you. You don't need to pay me a lot or I'll work for free or something of that nature. Yeah. All I'm looking for is experience. Is that kind of how you made that connection? Yes, exactly. I had, I of course had some 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 good experience. For example, I was uh, the chairman of of the youth parliament of my hometown, which was also like not very normal, I'd say. Um, but the the only thing that was missing was my was my really professional experience. So I told them, hey, I'm a fast learner. You don't have to pay me anything. So so there's no real downside for you. Um, but the only thing I want is basically experience and. Um, Yes, it's some good learnings from your side. Now, when you reached out to them, and did you just reach out to one individual or did you reach out to multiple individuals via Reddit? Um, on Reddit, that was only once the case when I saw the post of one of the co-founders on, on Reddit. Otherwise, I, I just messaged them on AngelList, uh, a platform that I can really recommend to everyone who sure. really wants to d- dive into like this whole startup world and, it in, and is interested around the whole topic around venture capital, startups, growth and, st- and scaling. Um, and there, I, j- I just sent my normal application. Um, yeah. So, so now you reach out to them and you say, okay, I'm willing to work for nothing or next to nothing. And I just want the experience. As long as you're willing to give me that, I'm willing to come and uh, help out with the business. You know, how did they react? Were they saying, yay, free work, we've got an employee that won't, we don't have to pay anything that will help us build it. Or, you know, say, oh, this sounds like too good to be true. Or kind of how did they react and how did you make the connection and, and get going with them? Some people were very open for my offer um, and some not because with my knowledge now, I also know that it's not quite free for them as well, because as a startup, the only big thing you you have against yourself is time, and to 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 teach some unpaid intern um, a lot of learnings costs a lot of resources. Um, also for also also the company. So I definitely understand now that not everyone wants really an unpaid intern that. 
hasn't really a lot of professional experience because it just slows some departments down when you have too much too much unpaid interns or interns in general. Hmm. Well, one of the other things that I've seen is hey, even if it is you know you're saying hey I'll come work for free and I'll you know and I just want experience or also saying hey we have to train you we have to provide a space for you we have to over review your work and so it's not truly free in their sense but it's a you know a reduced cost to them because now they're just saying we have to offset that cost but we don't have to pay you a salary but now you say okay you found the business that you know was interested in it they're saying yeah there's a, it's a good opportunity I think it'll be a good match so did you move to California or Silicon Valley to go get the experience or did you work remotely and how did you kind of get that ball kicked off and how did it go once you started with them? Because I studied uh, or study still uh, simultaneously here in Germany, the only option for me was always to work fully remote, um, which is a good thing in the, in the when I look at it now because it also teach me to to work or to, or to build my own projects fully remotely as well, because I'm just so used to it, um, to work like with people from whole different uh, continents, especially um, together. Uh, th that was a very good learning for me and uh, not being present also has its different disadvantages. For example, the lack of, of being able to really network that well, especially when you're young and um, new to a company, but otherwise uh, re remote work has like a, a lot of uh, advantages for me. Okay, so no, I think that makes sense. So now question I didn't quite catch in there. Did you come to Silicon Valley or did you stay in, uh, in or stay and work remotely? I stayed here and, and work remotely. All right, so now you're working remotely, you're getting the experience, you're saying, hey, this is exciting, I get to work for a tech company, get to use my skills, get to be kind of the first non-founder uh, non employee or non-founder or, non or worker. Um, did you, are you still with them? Do you still do it? Or did you move on to the NGO? Kind of help us bridge the gap, because I think when we talked, you're still doing stuff with them. But how did you continue? How did your journey progress on it once you got started with them? Yeah, when I got promoted to the chief of staff, um, I really much recognized that I learned a lot in the last couple of months. I'm still learning, uh, but that was basically the first time where I realized, hey, I'm quite quite far in my personal career and uh, went upwards like a lot in the last couple of weeks or month especially. Um, and then I got an offer from, from one guy who started a small media company here in Germany that was mostly related to startups and venture capital news. Um, and he asked me, hey, I, I saw your experience. You're also quite young. Um, do you want to join as a board member and COO and just scale everything up? And it was a quite good possibility for me to prove myself as well that I have that I gained some sort of experience and uh, a lot of skills. So we scaled it from four to I think eighteen team members within a couple of weeks. I think it was like one and a half month actually. So everything went upwards pretty fast. Um, but because it was a nonprofit project, I pretty much recognized really soon that if I do something non-profitly, um, it should be like very, well, it should have like a, a big social impact. So as I, I decided to, to just be an advisor to the board um, and, and start Third Aid, which is now my NGO. But uh, I'm, I'm still with Polar AI where I'm the chief of staff still. 
Hmm. So now you're saying you're still the chief of staff. You've kind of been promoted. You're still working your way up. And then as you're doing that, I think you've also gone into a bit of NGOs and donations and making them more transparent and helping that. Yeah. Is that a separate business that you, you started up in the meantime? That's a side hustle or kind of how did you balance that? Um, I would say it's a side, it's, it's a side project. Um, there's already a team existing with, uh, I, I think, team hubs in five different countries. Uh, we are currently in Germany, Austria, Italy, uh, Singapore, and Croatia, actually. Um, and because I always donated monthly to um, a pretty famous uh, and big NGO, but I never really knew um, where my money goes into, basically, um, I definitely want to, always wanted to make like this whole process of donating more transparent, also to make like donations itself more transparent. Um, to just make this world a better place. And I think we are on the on the right path there. Well, that sounds, you know, that's always, I think, exciting because I think that that is one of the areas where people oftentimes are a bit hesitant to donate to, don't, or, you know, to NGOs or to other charitable organizations because you kind of donate and then you never really see what happens after the fact. It's not very transparent. Yes. How much of your money actually goes to the, or, you know, to the actual charity versus how much goes to salaries or promotions or other things. And exactly. so it always yes. kind of feels like a, a black box where, hey, I feel good that I donated, but I don't really know what happened to the money afterwards. So, so that kind of takes it to a bit of the present. So you're continuing to be, um, you know, chief of staff and you're also doing the NGO project. So now you're looking, now if we were to say, looking a bit into the future. So you still love startups, you still love technology, you're doing, you know, yeah. the side hustles as well as a full-time gig. Where do you see the next, you know, six to 12 months going for you? I definitely want to pursue both of my projects. So on the one hand, Poli.ai, as I already said, we are, we are raising in the next couple of uh, next couple of months, which will be also like a huge opportunity for myself, uh, which will be um, yeah also career wise, also financially wise. Um, on the other side, I definitely want to scale up Third Aid uh, to really make it as the platform for donating. Um, this is definitely my long long term goal, but also. Um, I definitely can see myself as a as a for-profit founder as well again. Um, this is basically that what makes me most happy. Um, and I definitely see myself after everything went successful with Polar and um, and Third Aid that I will start my, my own thing again. Well, sounds like it will be an exciting and fun time as you continue to progress and to continue to build things. So with that, now as we kind of brought ourselves into, you know, or brought everybody up to the the or the present, and even looking a bit into the future, it's a great time to transition into the two questions I always ask at the end of each podcast. We'll jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is: Along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made, and what did you learn from it? I wouldn't necessarily say that it was a pure decision. I would say it was more of an attitude. Um, I think it would be, in my case, not being flexible enough when it comes to adjusting bad, um, bad decisions. Uh, let me give you an example. For example, when we scaled up Venture News, the um, media startup, startup here in Germany, pretty fast we recognized that our onboarding process wasn't that effective as it should be uh, to keep the pace of hiring uh, 
on the same on the same level. So there it, 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 there was like two or three times the situation where new team members didn't really knew directly from the beginning uh, what what they should do, uh, which slowed everything like a bit down. So they, that was basically a very bad decision in my in my opinion or attitude at least. Um, yeah. No, and I think that, you know, that one is, that's always a hard one because, you know, you always want to be flexible and you always intend to say, hey, I'm willing to learn from mistakes and otherwise adjust and pivot. And yet when you get into it, it's always one where, you know, to actually take that feedback, make those adjustments, make that pivot is something that takes, a, I think, a bit of time to be able to appreciate it and to understand how to do it. So I think that that's definitely a mistake that's easy to make, but a good one to learn from. Second question I always ask is, um, if you're talking to someone that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Get a mentor um, who already has like a lot of experience because when I joined Polar AI, for example, um, I got very much support and uh, trust from one of the co-founders who, who, who I worked with, like the, the closest, I'd say. Um, I, as, as I already told you, um, I got promoted quite fast to a very big position. Um, and that, that, that is basically the thing where I learned the most. And I definitely recommend anyone uh, to, to, to just learn a lot. And this is a my case, um, in the best way possible to just get a mentor and uh, see how he or she works. Um, yeah. No, I think that that, you know, that mentor and having someone that you can learn from and gain experience yeah. from is definitely valuable. You know, I think that a lot of times people tend to focus on, hey, I need to make money as soon as possible. And I want to be rich. and I want to be unicorn, which are all great aspirations. Don't get me wrong. But I think if you miss the point of, hey, what I need to do is build the foundation and the network and the experience and the skill set to be able to be successful. Everybody just wants to jump right to the end point rather than doing the work on the front end. So I think that is uh, definitely a, a great piece of a Advice. Well, as yeah, we wrap I, I, up, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree to that, and I think it's also like a great possibility for, for for your mentor as well to gain like some sort of new um, or, or unusual perspective on on a couple of things, uh, as, especially due to due to the age difference. Hmm. No, I think that's that's definitely a good point as well. Well, as people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, whether it's for the, the you know, the, the full time or the, the normal or the business you're working at or the side hustle with the NGO. Um, they want to be an investor with the, the raise that you're doing. They want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above. What's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? That would be definitely LinkedIn. Um, I, I, you will find me right away when you just Google my name. Um, in, in LinkedIn or on Google. Um, otherwise, definitely check out getpolarized.io or angel.co slash third aid. Um, those are my two projects. And yeah, just stay tuned in my LinkedIn profile. I will basically announce everything, uh, every, every major update. All right. I think that's a great way to connect. Definitely encourage people to, to do so and to, to uh, reach out and uh, and utilize the services or make a great connection or at least a new, new best friend. So 
Well, with that, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. So just go to um, inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. Uh, a couple more things. Make sure to always, as, as always, listen, subscribe, and share the podcast so both you and everybody else can know when, or know when our awesome episodes come out and we can help others with their journey. Last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents, your trademarks, or anything else, go to strategymeeting.com. We're always here to help and uh, always happy to chat with you. Well, best of luck on, uh, or best of luck, Julius, and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure.